and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hello, I'm Pat Malone, and I'd like to welcome you to The Church in the Home, where we share the light of God's Word from our home to yours. I know the truth of God's Word, and I believe what I heard, yeah, yeah. I believe what I heard. I believe what I heard, so I'm standing on the Word of God. Who here has ever had a uh, circle of trust with certain people in it? We all have, right? Uh, Was it successful or did it fail? Have you ever brought someone into your circle that you thought was trustworthy and they didn't turn out to be trustworthy? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. A lot of yeses, but we have probably all had someone like that. I know I have. I've had, I've brought someone into my circle that I thought was the right person to be in that circle, and I'm pretty picky on who goes in my circle. I try and keep it small, and uh, you know, I've been burnt, and uh, so tonight I want to teach on, the title of my teaching is God's Circle of Trust, Trusting God is a Choice, and you can turn to uh, Psalm 56. So a circle of trust is a person or a pool of people that you put unquestionable trust in them, a person you trust with your life. A circle has no beginning or end, no edges or angles. It represents the symbol of eternity, never-ending existence. It represents unity and wholeness. The circle is symmetric, and God so desires for us to be in His circle of trust and we want them in ours, but we, we want to get into God's circle of trust. It has no edges. You know, it's, it's perfect, and it, it's, it's for eternity. But in Psalm 56, verse 3, it says, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Verse 6, They gather themselves together, they hide themselves, they mark my steps when they wait for my soul. And in verse 11, It says, in God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what men can do unto me. And we've all been at that place in that that circle. If you let someone in that wasn't trustworthy, maybe they hurt you. Maybe you got out in time that you didn't have to think about it or you got rid of them in time. Uh, You know, Pat shared last week about what's going on in the world, and I don't need to to go into it in great detail. The last year, uh, there's been a building of, of fear amongst people. And a fear that some believers struggle to trust God to meet their needs daily. And it's real subtle. I mean, think about how Eve got deceived. It, it was so subtle. Think about us and, and the world and how it just wears away at you. You know, it's like, it's like a, when I used to live down at John Roo's house, I'd pass over this reservoir. And it would be full. And then... You go and you go and all of a sudden it's, it's getting lower and lower and you don't really see the change. It's so subtle, it just happens. Then you get to one point and it's like down three feet. It's like, where did it go? And uh, <clears throat> so the rottenness of the government that there's no hope to salvage and the cares of the world are tearing people apart because of a weakness in trusting God. Everywhere we turn, people are faced with fear. The dreaded four-letter 
monster. And we know it's false evidence appearing real, right? The actual uh, fear is usually not as bad as your buildup to it. And, uh, but remember, remember session one of class, doubt, worry, and fear, issue in what? Unbelief. Unbelief. Doubt, worry, and fear. I mean, doubt. There's, there's the little baby piece of fear, you know. It's, it just eats away. So there's probably no emotion that plagues and crushes the human personality more than that of fear. This wasn't in the teaching, but I was sitting with this guy at work the other day, and he was talking about the world and how it, you know, he was pretty cool about it, He's how fear is just, you know, grabbing people and enslaving them and, you know, how, how fear is. So I said, all right, there's an open door. I says, yeah, what do you think the other greatest motivator is in, in the world? And he goes, hmm. I said, love. I said, the two biggest motivators. Isn't it sad that people are living by fear every day by what's on the radio, by what's you know, on social media? And it, it catches you and grabs you so fast you don't even know it. Everywhere you look, people are faced with fear. It torments you and it punishes you. Fear is usually self-induced misery. I know I've been there. So this, this other gentleman that I work with, he trained me in, in driving a school bus. And uh, nice guy, really nice guy. So he's looking for a house. And the house he's living in, he turned on the heat the other night, last week, and he started to smell smoke. So he called the fire department. And I guess there's a codes um, I see cards says codes all the time. I'm assuming that's it. They came and they condemned the house. And like now, get out. It wasn't like you got a day, three days. It's like get out right now. So who do you think he calls? Moi. He calls me. And I said, what's going on? He goes, well, he goes, you're not going to believe it, but they just condemned the house and we have to get out. I said, well, why don't we try this? I said... I need you to be positive, and I need you to think positive. You know, I need you to think about where you want to be, where you're going to go, how you're going to do it. And while you're doing that, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray for you and your family. Now it's him, his wife, and three kids. And they got nowhere to go. The first night they went to the residence inn, but after that. So the next day he calls me up and he goes, you're not going to believe what happened. I says, all right, I'm listening. He says, you know, we were looking at houses, and this one house we wanted to look at was sold. All of a sudden, today it came on the market. It became available. I said, okay. He said, so we went to see it. I said, okay. I said, what happened? He said, well, we went to see it. Not only did we buy it, but he's going to let us move in today <laughs> and rent it uh, until the closing. Wow. So... He goes, I don't know what you did. I says, yeah, I told you what I was going to do. I said, I prayed. I said, God, you got to keep God in your life. And uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. So who remembers the columnist Ann Landers? Probably just me and Pat. <laughs> right? Ann Landers was a columnist. And she would receive over 10,000 letters a month and, uh, from the public. And they asked her, they said, Ann, of all these letters that you get, What's the main theme? Uh, and she said, the main theme is fear. Mm. 10000 a month, and the main theme was fear. That's, that's pretty unbelievable. 
So what does trusting God look like? What does it mean to trust God? And how do we understand the how to trust God? And uh, let's go to Proverbs chapter 3. We read these verses last week. It's really the believer's go-to uh, verses on trust, right? So in Psalm, in uh, Proverbs 3, verse 1, it says, My son, forget not my law. Forget not, forget not the instructions or the direction, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Let thy heart guard my commandments. We can't get to the place where we, we get so comfortable that we forget what God has done for us. Because those are the thoughts that we want to tap into each day, you know, to help us. We want to renew our mind to those thoughts. So we can't forget. We can't get that comfortable and forget that we went from darkness. Now, we've all seen that analogy where they, you turn off a light, you light a match, and all of a sudden, boom, a little match lights up the whole room. Think about when you get rid of the match, that darkness. We were all in that darkness at one time. So it's a spiritual battle, and we have to learn how to remember better. We have to be better at remembering what God has done for us. Look what he did for, started out doing for Adam and Eve. Verse 2, for the length of days and long life and peace, <laughs> peace shall add to thee. God guarantees us peace. I don't know about you, but I like being peaceful. I don't like being anxious. I don't like being... Uh, I mean, I guess we all do it. I mean, I, I could talk about myself. I don't want to worry. I don't want to have doubt. I mean, that's not a fun place to be. I like being uh, peaceful. Verse 3, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Verse uh, 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not every now and then, like, you know, I can use this part of my heart, but these other thoughts. No, I'm, with all your heart, trust in the Lord. And lean not unto thine own understanding. Here in, uh, in, in verse 5, it's a parallel, parallelism. And it's a form of idea rhyming where two ideas are complementary. So trusting in the Lord with all your heart means not leaning on your own understanding. If we're not leaning on our own understanding, that means we're leaning on God's understanding. We're leaning on His character. We're leaning on His goodness. We're leaning on His love. It says then, verse 6, In all thy ways acknowledge. Acknowledge Him, and He shall absolutely direct thy paths. He'll show us how to go straight. He'll direct our paths. Uh, so we're looking at His goodness. And always means continually orienting ourselves toward Him. Think about it. Do you ever put a plant near a window and all of a sudden it just turns to the sun? Yeah. That's how we should be with God, that we just turn to God. There's no hesitation whatsoever. We just turn to God. <laughs> so we orient ourselves to the way that a plant turns into life. And choosing deliberately, choosing to refuse to lean on our own understanding, leaning hard into Him instead. So trust is kind of like leaning or transferring our weight into something else. 
you know, a few years ago I had back surgery and it had gotten to the place where I could barely walk. And, uh, you know, it was no fun. So I went and had back surgery. And the day came, I was in the hospital for four or five days, when the therapist came, he says, all right, time to get up out of bed. Mm -hmm. So now, I guess I had a little apprehensive. I was a little concerned about that. At, when I, before surgery, I was barely walking. Now I'm, I'm out of surgery, and he says, okay, we're going to walk. And I said, when? He goes, right now. So he, he helped me throw my legs over the side of the bed, and there was a walker there. And, uh, but I sat on the edge of the bed going, you know, I just I couldn't get myself to, to, to get up and do it. You know, it was like, all right, I was nervous. I maybe scared. Maybe I had some fear. You know, I didn't want to fall. As it is, I'm an amputee, so now I got just had surgery. But the therapist got me up. I stood up and grabbed the walker, and immediately there was stability. That's what it's like when we trust God. Immediately there'll be stability in your life if you just let go and, and trust Him. So trusting means a, a choosing. So I had to make a choice. Do I get out of bed or crawl back into bed like a little wimp and say, I'm not going to walk today? But I got up. So we make one initial choice to lean into God instead of ourselves, especially when life doesn't make sense. Have we ever been there before where things just don't seem to make sense? And I remember, I guess it was a year ago, you know, Sheila's sister was, was sick and we had to make a decision and COVID just started. We had to make a decision whether to go down to Long Island where things were really bad. And, you know, I was confused. You know, I, Sheila was emotional and so was I, but I wasn't going to ask her. I called Pat. He probably remembers it. It'll come back to him. But just to talk and just to see his thoughts and my thoughts. And it helped me to make a decision. And how great it is that we... You know, we have a family. But my point is, you can run out of options, but God never runs out of options. He's got mega options. So we continue to practice making that choice over and over. <laughs> I, I jotted this down. I, I put down there's three aspects of trusting God. Making the initial choice to trust Him, reminding ourselves of what is true, and then continuing to choose to trust. So let's take a look at choosing trust. Choosing to trust. Trust starts with a definitive, intentional decision to step over the line or put your, put your legs out of the bed and get up. By turning from doing things our way, trusting in ourselves and our own understanding to transfer our dependence to God. Trust is the expectation of good based on the character of God and Where's God's character at? He's, he's, he's a character. I was sitting at my, uh, my daughter's house, and my granddaughter Leah, she was sitting on her mother's lap, and we were just sitting in the living room, all of us, and, and Lauren has a, a lab that's 70 pounds. It's a, it's a good-sized dog, and it, it has a, a very, very recognizable deep bark. Mm. And all of a sudden... Riley heard something outside, and she, she, I, I jumped. She just let out a bunch of barks, went running to the door. But the point is, what happened at that moment really helped me to see what it's like to lean on God. 
because at that very split second, there was no hesitation whatsoever, my granddaughter, who's a year and a half old, she curled her arms inside and buried herself in her mother's chest so that Lauren could wrap her arms around her. And I said, that's what leaning into God is like. That's how we have to be, where there's no hesitation. Do you think she went, hmm, let me think this one through. Could be somebody at the door. No, she just jumped into a mother's arms. And that's how we, we have to get to the place where we, we do that with God, that we cling to God. We get to a point where you have to admit you no longer have the reins, and you turn it over to God. You don't have to turn there. Matthew chapter 11, it says, Come to me, all ye, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I like being peaceful, and I like being at rest. Releasing the weariness and the burden of trying to run our own lives in our, in our own strength unto God is in His circle of trust. And that's where we, when we enter into that rest, when we're in, when we're in God's circle of trust. It's just like Leah clinging to a mother and just melting into her mother's arms. And you mothers know what that's like. Your dads, uh, well, Pat, me, and Mike, um, you've had your kids, you've hugged your kids like that before. You know that. That's how we should be with God. Trusting God looks like relinquishing worries and anxieties, rolling them over into God's more than capable hands, and then choosing to leave them there. It's not like you want to start thinking about, nope. I gave that to God last week at 3 o'clock. We don't want to bring it back. We've already, we've already relinquished it to God. So trusting means choosing with heart and mind and say, I will let go and let God. And once you have made that choice to trust God, we have to keep trusting. And the way we build our trust is to remind ourselves over and over of trustworthy truths about God. Somebody give me a trustworthy truth about God. God is light. How about another one? God is love. I was just thinking the same one. He'll never leave us or forsake us. So we have a few truths about God that we can tap into, don't we? It's not like we're going to run short. God is in control, not a man that he should lie. I like that one. It's a continual process of trusting. It's reminding ourselves of his faithfulness. So trust starts out as a choice to lean unto God instead of ourselves. And it continues as we remind ourselves of what is true and that God is true. Trust sinks into its roots down deep in our hearts and souls. And we continue to choose dependence in the Lord instead of ourselves. Like I said, did Leah hesitate? No, not for one second. You know, I thought about that. I was thinking about it tonight. She has very little old man. Our old man gets in the way so that we don't cling to God's, in God's arms. The old man wants to trick you into doing that. Leah had not. She doesn't have any of that. She just, she just dove into her mother's arms. When my trust in God wavers even the least little bit, I have a tendency to lean towards emotions. We all have, have all done that before. We lean into our own emotions. Not that emotions are, val- are bad. They're, not, they're valid and valuable. But then when they, be, when they take over your thoughts, that's not a good thing. And it can throw everything haywire. You start believing lies. And uh, the only antidote for that is seeking and speaking his truth over every feeling. And we, we heard that in the song today, bringing every thought captive to Christ. That's what we have to be professionals at. Look in Philippians chapter 3. 
Verse 14, it says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That high calling, that's an upward, you know, we have to look upward. That's where we look. We don't look this way, the world. Our calling is up above, that high calling. That's what we, what we look up to. We have to press towards that high calling. We're always pressing towards something. Everybody is every day, uh, but we have to decide what we're going to press towards. And we as believers, our prize is the upward calling. It's, that's our drive. Look in verse 1. It says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you, to me, indeed, not grievous, but for you it is safe. <laughs> that grievous is tedious. And uh, that safe says, that we, you know, it's reinforcement, that we are, are reinforced. Look in verse 2, beware of dogs. <laughs> that verse keeps coming up, doesn't it, Pat? I was, I was going to go go to the, the hardware store and buy a sign today, but it says, beware of dogs. Oh, by the way, I made a sign for you, too. God we trust, his circle of trust. It says, beware of dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the concision. I mean, we're around evil workers a lot. Not a good place. My, my daughter, my granddaughter Emma says, you know, I ask her something, how was, how was lunch? Not good. <laughs> She's, she likes to, she likes to, uh, I mean, it's good, she just likes to break them a little. <laughs> But it's not good when we're hanging out in the world looking at evildoers. Beware of the dogs. You know, don't spend time with them. You don't have to be there, right? I mean, unless you're stuck at work and blah, 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 but you don't have to be there. Verse 3, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit, and we rejoice in Christ in the flesh. Uh, verse 4, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh, that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. I mean, the Apostle Paul, think about what he had to renew his mind to. I mean, he voted to execute Stephen. He was putting believers in prison. He was, he was off the reservation. But look, what he, he, he got his act together, and he believed God, and he trusted God. And he realized he had an upward calling. Look in verse 7. It says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. He declared those things lost. He put an X through them. He said, these are null and void. They don't count. It's over. It's history. And that's the thing we have to do. We have to do that also. And there was something better than what he was doing, and that was Christ. Verse 8, it says, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, <laughs> that I may win for Christ. Right? It's dung. Not, it, it doesn't warrant you wasting your time. Uh, verse 9, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness is of God. The righteousness is of God. Verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made comfortable unto his death. So we know him and we know him by experience. We live the word. Pat shared a lot of that last week about filling, filling our hearts with the word. And that's what we need to do. You want to build the trust that you have? You want to cling to God like Leah did to her mother? 
continue, continue to fill your hearts with God's Word. The power is in Christ. Look at verse, chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and long for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord. Stand fast, stand firm in the Lord. My dearly beloved, look in verse uh, 3, And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord. That's what we need to do. Spend time rejoicing in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep, shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Whatever your understanding is, God's peace is like, I don't even know how, it's just way, way past your, our, our understanding. In verse 8, these are the things that we should spend time on. We'll close here. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are real, are actual. Is God true? Yeah. Yeah. He is. Whatsoever things are honest, of great respect, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good rapport, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think these things. These are the things that we should be thinking about. The world doesn't think about those things. Your old man doesn't want to think about those things. But the new man wants to think about those things. That verse, if you spent the next week on that verse alone and just think about the things that are listed there, uh, you'll, be a, you'll be surprised. Verse 13, I can... Do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength in me. Our ability comes from an infusion, from an inner strength. Verse 19, it says, But my God shall supply all your need, all your need, not a couple of needs, but all your need, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, that's not going to just happen. You have to apply the, word, the principles of God's word in your life, renew your mind one thought at a time, and then you'll see God supply all your needs. He'll take care of that. I wrote this note down. The peace of God is an inside job manifested in your life by the renewing of your mind. So think about David. David commanded an army, but his trust rested in God's alone. Overwhelming circumstances give us the opportunity to ensure our trust in him. God is our stronghold, our deliverer, our rocky summit where we take refuge. He is our shelter and our high tower. Think about Ruth. She decided to serve one God when Everyone else in Moab was serving more than one God. And she was a gleaner. She'd go around picking up after people, and she worked in, in Boaz's fields. And she blessed him by gleaning in his fields. What did he do? He married her. He married her, and she had a child. And it was of the Christ line. She had a heart of trust and commitment. God looks on the heart. She had heart. Out of this came the Savior. What deliverance God wrought in Ruth 
when she trusted. What about Joseph and Mary? Gabriel said to Mary, you are favored. She said, how can this be? You know, I mean, there's this young girl, and now all of a sudden an angel shows up and says, you're favored. I don't know, I might have flipped out a little. <laughs> but she had to make a choice. She had to make a choice to trust. And she made that choice. Now Joseph had to trust Mary, whether or not she had flipped out, or she left the reservation, but he had to trust. And an angel appeared unto Joseph in a dream, and Joseph, Joseph uh, trusted. What about Noah? God tells Noah to build this ark. He hadn't seen rain. He tells him to build this ark. You know, get two of every animal, put them in the ark. Don't worry about it. He had to trust. He had to make a choice to trust. So you can see trusting God is a choice. Making that choice daily and the best circle to be in is God's circle of trust. You can't bring me down, the word is on my mind.